This time in episode 361 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss WandaVision Season 1, Episode 3, Now in Color, and your feedback. I'm Josh Liston from On the Bubble Podcast, an oral history of television fandom, part of the Gunner Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnerGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the shield director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm producer of the show, SP. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Sunday, January 24th, 2021. Live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast, we're not quite sure where, via www.geeks.live. Come join our live chat as we record. Michelle, happy National Compliment Day. Oh, why, thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Yeah, I think you have an interesting jersey on today. Oh, thank you. And you are the most wonderful Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. slash Legends of S.W.O.R.D. co-host. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. I would indeed, because you're the only other person here. Well, you're the best editor. Oh, thank you. If I would only have time to edit a little bit more. But you are the best at show notes. Oh, I thank you. That I will accept because I have been doing show notes for quite a while. You have. All right. So, yes, National Compliment Day was uh, started in 1998 by Kathy Chamberlain of New Hampshire and Debbie Hoffman, also of New Hampshire. They created it in 1998. So it's been going strong for 23 years. Oh, 1998 was 23 years ago? I had to do quick math in my head. Yes, it's, it's it, apparently 23 years ago. Yes. Wow. I know. And it's been such a great 23 years. Anyway, we're going to move on with the rest of the show, but just make sure after you listen to this that you compliment somebody. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universes. Because of storks in the living room. If you'd like to talk to us about Maybe fictitious, maybe not fictitious storks just stalking you in your living room. You can catch us on our website at legendsofshield.com. We have a voicemail, 844 the bus one. That's 844-843-2871. If you have to ask your doctor how babies are created, then you probably should leave us a message on our Facebook page at Legends of Shield. We're on Twitter at Legends of Shield. You can leave us a comment on YouTube as to how wrong I always am, including about babies, at youtube.com slash geek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of Skill. You can join our Discord server at geek.com slash Discord and talk to us all about how storks stalk you. And you try to say that five times fast. Five times fast. Anyway, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the GunnaGeek.com network. 
Astute listeners of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. will notice that Lauren is not with us. She had to take a sick day today, but she should be back with us next week, pending any big household changes that are going on for her. But in the meantime, we got the third episode of WandaVision that we both watched just a couple of days ago, and we're ready to talk about it. So here WandaVision Season 1 Episode 3 was published on Disney Plus, streamed to Disney Plus on January 22nd, Friday, 2021. It was directed by Matt Shankman, who has 51 directing credits starting in 2002, including one episode of Judging Amy, one episode of Six Feet Under, two episodes of Everyone Hates Chris. Three episodes of Ugly Betty, five episodes of House, five episodes of Psych, four episodes of Revenge, six episodes of The Good Wife, two episodes of Game of Thrones, and it looks like all nine episodes of WandaVision, which we discussed extensively last week. Michelle, why don't you run down the writer for the episode? The writer for this episode actually got a title called Now in Color, and it aired the 22nd was written by Megan McDonald, who has one writing credit starting in 2021, and it's this episode of WandaVision. I did not realize that it has a title of Now in Color. You think that is because early episodes of TV weren't titled until like the 70s, or was that just a fact of Disney not getting them out? Yeah, it was Disney not getting them out because now WandaVision episodes one and two have a title episode one is now called filmed before a live studio audience and episode two is called don't touch that dial and i don't know what episode four is called right now so for some reason the titles aren't coming out at least for imdb they could be spoilerish i mean the kind of the ones that you just mentioned kind of already are a little spoilerish, but Disney has really, and Marvel has really spoiled a lot of this series after watching three episodes. Now, maybe it was just the first three episodes, but there's a lot in there that we were already spoiled on, including some casting information about Monica. And it just seems like there is mystery, but there's a lot less mystery because of all the spoilers that we got from Disney itself. It's one of those things where, yay, news, and then, oh, well, now we figured out the plot. <laughs> yeah, we figured out the plot to a certain extent. I think there's still a couple of twists and turns ahead of us, but it, it doesn't seem to be the Marvel sniper we're going to get you if you actually spoiler stuff. Matter of fact, they're leaking it in themselves. So I don't know. I figured out. Or I think I figured out a lot of what's going on behind the scenes. I don't know about you, but I kind of feel a little let down in that aspect. But also, I started researching, and maybe that was my fault. Like, if I would have just stuck to, oh, maybe I'll watch the trailers, and maybe we'll talk about the news as it comes available here every week on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., maybe. But I went down some holes, some internet holes, looking into stuff, and I feel like most of the season is spoiled for me but we'll see there's six episodes left i could be completely wrong like i often am so michelle you were watching the starting credits the introductory credits as i was and 
I think there was an, an intense 70s vibe going on. Oh, definitely. Part of it almost reminded me of, for some reason, like the Mary, Mary Tyler Moore show with like the way Wanda was presented. But a lot of this is like the Brady Bunch or like this, like the monkeys had a TV show where he had like the singing introduction. It was just, this is so 70s. The credits as they repeated themselves was from Mary Tyler Moore. The blocks of people on the screen, even though they were hexes, they weren't like blocks that was straight out of Brady Bunch. You could go maybe even the Partridge family. Yeah, that had that feel to it. So we were definitely in the 70s for TV. It was in color. Things were a little bit more filled out in the neighborhood. And Wanda is, if she is creating this neighborhood, and I think she is, she is definitely filling in the blanks as things go along. And matter of fact, I don't mean to be crass, but she's filling out something else as well. Well, what's interesting is in the credits, the town is filled out. But when you're outside of the house, you have a lot of painted backdrops. When you go inside the house, it's very much of like the Brady because it has like the stairs to nowhere. Even though they're at the same address, it's a completely different interior. And when we go back, all of a sudden, she's... She is definitely pregnant. We start with the doctor and Vision is like, um, how could this be after 12 hours? And the doctor's like, what? And Vision's just like, no, no, wait, 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 wait. I have some things to say about Vision's calculations. But before we get there, since you mentioned the stairs, I saw that iconic rock wall that was in the Brady Bunch house, you know, that a full rock or heck, it could have been real rock for all I know. That was on there. It was definitely styled after the Brady Brunch with the stairs, with the openness of the stairs. You know, no, I think they're called risers, no risers in there and, and just kind of floating stairs. It was definitely 70s architecture. Yes, but she is pregnant. Wanda is pregnant. She is very pregnant. And I have a little things to say about Vision's calculations, because if she has been pregnant for 12 hours and the doctor has said that she is four months along, I believe that's what Dr. Nielsen said four months along, then I don't think that her giving birth three days later on a Friday is going to work. I think vision was really off and he should have been a lot better because 12 hours for the first four months, 12 hours for the next four months. So that's like a day plus a little extra for the ninth month. If it's full term, that's what it should have been. I don't know. That's bugging me. Why was Vision so far off? Because Vision is suspecting something. There is that moment where they're on the couch and they're talking about the pregnancy and Vision starts to go, I think something could be going on. How is this going on? What's happening? And then there's this blip and Vision repeats himself with absolutely no care in the world. Of course, this pregnancy is natural. Of course, we're going to be parents. Maybe we'll name it Billy and she wants it Tommy. Again, we have a blip and she's sort of like rewinding things and making Vision say what she wants him to say. When Vision goes outside and his neighbor is literally cutting through, he's 
trimming his hedges and he's literally cutting through the wall in between the two yards. It's a cement block wall, which again is pretty seventies if you ask me. And he's trying to cut through it with a hedge trimmer, which that's not going to do it, but you know, this is all made up world. So we'll just go with it that they were just making do with the tools that they had on hand. I don't know why he's trying to cut through. Is he trying to get through to create an, an avenue of attack to Wanda because they're all scared of Wanda here because none of them can escape. Even Dr. Nielsen says it, you know, this is a town where it's just difficult to escape from. These people seem to be like they want to escape. I think it's one of those subconscious things. I want to leave here so bad and it's just coming through, like cutting the wall. I wish I could cut the wall and get out of here. I think it's one of those things absentmindedly like, oh, I'm supposed to be cutting the hedges and now I'm cutting the wall. And it makes me feel better. I can't do anything else but cut this wall. Now, it looks like the town that Wanda has created here, it kind of looks like when Monica is expelled, it looks like it's a real town that Wanda has taken over. If Wanda is creating this sphere, or if it was created for her or whatever, I think the people that were there are now controlled by either her or whoever created it or both. And they're real people. They're not made up people. And these real people want to try to escape, go to Bermuda, you know, do something. They just can't, you know, get through that wall. And then we see Monica being expelled by Wanda. This is all really eerie. The interactions that Vision has with Agnes outside by the wall, the interaction that Wanda has with Gabriel, it's just really eerie. And it, really makes you question on who the villain is here. Wanda? Wanda could be considered the villain, or Wanda could just be trying to make do with the situation. I mean, there's all sorts of theories out there. One of the theories that I'm kind of liking is the fact that because of the beekeepers and the hex, that AIM, we talked about that last time, that AIM is actually the um, scientific arm of Hydra. Now, in the comics, AIM has teetered on being good and bad. So you don't know if they're working for S.W.O.R.D. or if they're working for HYDRA or or what side that they're really on. But that AIM could have created this environment. We talked about the Devil of Marvel last time around as well. And Agatha Harkness could be in there as well. So you just don't really know what is good and what is bad at the moment. But you know that Wanda is correcting stuff like the time stuff she's correcting the time stuff so she wants to stay within here and one of the theories is that aim is picking up on strucker's plan for wanted basically to make more mutants and that's why they wanted the twins they wanted to start on this let's make more mutants or let's make more powered individuals and and wanda is the way to do that it's all dark to me see i think because when Geraldine gets pushed out like she falls to the ground and she is expelled. Whatever started Wanda along the path, Wanda has taken over. I almost really think S.W.O.R.D. is there to contain the situation and get Wanda from stopping changing the universe. I really think (laughs) this is really has a lot of the House of M. We get Tommy and Billy. Tommy and Billy are the kids from House of M. Again, House of M 
is when Wanda creates a completely new reality. And if AIM or Hydra started it, I know we get in the previous episodes, you know, the whole Wanda who's doing this to you. Even if somebody started it, Wanda has taken complete control over and likes it. She doesn't want to be reminded of anything bad when Geraldine, who is wearing a pendant with sword on it, reminds Wanda that um, her brother died, you know, got killed by Ultron. And she's just like, what did you say? What did you say? And that's how she ended up getting pushed out. Don't say anything wrong to Wanda. And I think that's one of the things that Agnes was trying to tell Herb. Herb wanted to like, you know, say, you know, Geraldine has no home here. You know, she's new. Even Geraldine was like in episode two, I don't know how I got here. Yeah. Wanda is definitely in control. I said, Gabriel, I was wrong. It's Geraldine. You're, you're absolutely right there. And okay. So Wanda is in control, but I don't know if she's in complete control. I don't know if she's the one that set up this bubble of around the town or, or not. There definitely is a bubble and the bubble as Geraldine is kicked out, the shield itself is colored in the way that a TV, you know, the red, blue, green. So it, the shield is a TV kind of colored shield as you're going in between. And it's like the people inside are asleep because when she gets kicked out, she wakes up. So are the people inside the town asleep or are they awake and being mind controlled? I don't know. I think we're going to see some of this as we progress now that the babies are around. Oh, and by the way, Wanda, Wanda's powers as she's going through all her pregnancy stuff is really hilarious, right? Because as she's trying to talk to Geraldine, you got the sitcom sort of thing coming in. And as you alluded to, as we were entering into this episode, uh, you alluded to the stork. Now, the stork is stalking her like the stork is delivering the babies. That's the analogy here. And Wanda is trying everything she could do to keep the stork away because she's trying to hide that she's pregnant to Geraldine, who just barges into the house, by the way. And finally, the stork catches up with her. And she has the baby, but that that was kind of funny as that was happening as well as like her contractions were happening and, and all the house would go haywire and the whole town lost power, stuff like that. Wanda is definitely interacting with the whole thing, but there's some funny things that come out of this, including when her water breaks and it starts to rain inside. What? That was funny. And Geraldine kind of barging in. That's such a sitcom trope, you know, the neighbor coming over, let's chat. I love the changing coats. Go from the blue coat to the raincoat to this nice fur coat. You know, it's that trope of hiding the baby bump. She has the fruit, the bowl of fruit right in front of, like the way that baby bumps are hid, um, you know, carrying laundry, the big bag, all these different ways that pregnant actors have to go through in order because the you know writers and producers are like this character is a pregnant so we have to hide it it was very much like that there have been whole seasons where actors have gone behind countertops you know and and only shown from the mid chest up and that sort of thing have a bag in front of you and stuff like that. yeah 
I didn't even know when I was younger. I didn't really know. I didn't care. And obviously now it's like, duh, this is what it is. I don't know about you, but this episode appeared a lot faster than the previous two episodes. I mean, I know we got kind of the ominous moments at the end, but for the most part, it seemed like it was going by really fast. And when I got to the end, I was like, that's it. Well, it was only like 20 minutes long. Okay. So it wasn't just me. And it was, you know, what, what's it called? The, me- the episode in a bottle where you're dealing with just a few sets sort of thing. Even though the sets have changed, it was just the house set. It was the backyard and it was the front yard. That was it. They didn't go anywhere or anything else. Now, in the intro credits, they showed them at Wentworth. They showed them at the, uh, the gazebo. So they showed other things in the credits. But in the episode itself, it was all filmed in the one location. Very Brady Bunch. Because they really never went anywhere in the Brady Bunch. Rarely went anywhere. And I was going to say, never. <laughs> that backyard right out of the Brady Bunch, that AstroTurf, everything. And you had to mow the AstroTurf, right. Mm-hmm. I, just to be a completionist, they did go a couple of places that are of note. The big episodes that they went to Hawaii and the Grand Canyon. So they did go some places a couple of times, but that was it. Mostly it was just their house, their yard. All right. At the end, you have the two babies. The doctor comes over, makes sure everything is okay. I'm wondering how fast you think these babies are going to grow. You think it's going to be accelerated growth or do you think we're going to get babies for another episode? I hope we get the soap opera trope of babies, then toddlers, and then teenagers. I watched soap operas when I was younger because my mom watched them, so got exposed. One of my favorites is Days of Our Lives. Marlena got married to, I don't know, Roman or John, one of the 55 times she got married. And they had kids, and they were little kids. They went on their honeymoon they came back and the kids are teenagers. It's one of my favorite age-ups ever. It is such a huge trope to have kids just all of a sudden just age up. I love it. Another thing that we got to talk about from this episode is the commercial. Because these commercials have been all focused on Marvel-related stuff. And normally there's something that big that's happened with Wanda's life. And they've been with Stark so far. They've been with Hydra so far. This particular commercial was kind of a take on the Calgon take me away moment, but it was Hydra soak. And I paused the episode and I I, I went back frame by frame just to make sure that I saw the box. And yes, there were Hydra squids on the box and was like 1.45 ounces of Hydra soak. And I don't know if that's what Calgon was or whatever, but it clearly shows this woman in the tub trying to get away from it all. The other thing that has struck me as similar from all this is all of these commercials have to do with time. You're talking about the toaster making toast and that takes time to make toast. And you had that kind of awkward silence at the end. And the the moniker was like, don't worry about the past. The future is what's going on. The watch, the Strucker watch was in there. And with this, obviously, let's take myself away from time and get into the tub. So it all seems to have a time component. It all seems to have like a, a Hydra or a Strucker component to it so far. And it all seems to have 
a importance to Wanda connection. So I think so far they've been really coolly done, well done in terms of uh, of writing symbolism and everything else. But uh, what did you take from the commercial this time? The commercial literally is escape to a world all your own where your problems float away when you want to get away, but you don't want to go anywhere. Hydra soak. Find the goddess within. Find the goddess, a Hydra goddess. Hmm. I wonder what that means. Exactly. When uh, Geraldine gets thrown out. So Monica in the comics has superpowers. Captain Photon, I believe, is one of her superhero monikers that she goes by. And I'm wondering if causing her to be ejected from this going through that shield because she's glowing when she comes out. I wonder if that is the impetus to give her some superpowers or maybe she already has them or maybe that has yet to happen. But I'm kind of waiting for a moment where she gets supercharged. Same. Anything else that you noted about the episode that you just have to talk about? Oh, I have to talk about the monkeys and the Brady Bunch. Here's the thing about what got me at the end is the song Daydream Believer by the monkeys. Now, there are many different songs about dreaming and being locked in a dream and like wanting the dream. Like you got Dreamweaver and all this type of stuff. And what's interesting about having the monkeys do the song is the monkeys are a made for tv band they were made for a tv show called the monkeys the monkeys did release like an album marcia who's the oldest daughter of the brady bunch had a crush on davy jones the lead singer of the monkeys davy jones made an appearance on the brady bunch as himself now I talked about this with my mom because my mom actually remembers the monkeys and monkeys being on TV. She did watch the show. You have to remember back then there were three channels. There wasn't a lot on. She didn't have like 500 things to choose from. What's interesting is that when they were out, when the monkeys came out, everyone was convinced that they were fake, that they were not doing their own singing and that it had to be something else, that they were just pretty boys and all this sort of thing. It wasn't cool to be into the monkeys uh, for, you know, around, you know, her age and all her, her friends and stuff. It was the Beatles, the Rolling Stones and the Beach Boys. You were basically lame if you liked the monkeys during that time. So I, this is really giving me more evidence that this is a Wanda constructed world because you have this very fake house because, again, the stairs went to nowhere. That is true for the set. The set, that's, those stairs went to nowhere. The backyard, again, completely astroturf everything. There's stories of the cast members talking about how their knees got hurt and stuff from having to go along that quote-unquote grass. And here you have a song about Daydream Believer and Wake Up Sleepy Jean, Oh What Can It Mean? And made done by this, the band who, who was considered fake and was in this TV show. It, it's, just, it's just construct within a construct within a construct. Yeah, the whole monkeys thing was, <laughs> it was uh, really funny to hear at the end because 
it was a TV show on its own. I thought it was just, initially when I heard it, I thought it was just an homage to another 70s sitcom. But there are layers here. It's talking about dreaming and being a dream. And there's a lot of symbolism there. All right. So we've gone from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. If we follow this formula, next week we'll get the 80s. So what sort of credits do you think the episode's going to be based on? Mind you, it's a young family, two kids, two parents. You know, it could be family ties. It better be family ties. It better be family ties. I was thinking that, but I was wondering how they could do that with two boys. Because family ties had Alex Keaton, who was, you know, the Republican. He was the Ronald Reagan. Trickle down economics. That was a singular character. I mean... The whole show was supposed to be about the mom. So I guess, you know, Wanda, that would be a good thing. But Michael J. Fox took that over. But that's what I was thinking. How could you do family ties with this four people? It's inspired by the Brady Bunch was about a blended family with six kids. Okay. I think they could do it. I think it's not going to just be like family ties. There's going to be probably other things. I wonder if there's going to be a... I don't know, Cheers like bar or something. I was thinking Cheers, who the, who's the boss, boss is another one. Taxi was another one, but I just don't see Taxi being really into this. Was the original Full House an 80s show or was it a 90s, 90s. show? 90s, that's considered okay. more 90s. Okay. Uh, let's see, what else is in the 80s? Silver Spoons? That would be kind of hard to pull off. Different Strokes. Yeah, that whole family of shows really because it was different strokes and what's the jeffersons part of that family of shows yeah that's yeah i think that's late 70s yeah it's going to be interesting like do they do 80s tv or do they borrow more from 80s just general pop culture or like the movies you know there's a lot of stuff in the 80s they could draw upon and such it's going to be interesting facts of life that was another show i was trying to remember off the top of my head facts of life yeah so we'll see what happens in terms of of the intro the outro and then what they do inside the show if they stick to the 80s which i think they will so you mentioned your mom a second ago and she has been continuing to watch this what was her take of the episodes oh she is intrigued by it um it's one of the things that got us talking about the monkeys again because uh, I went and I just like wanted to verify a couple of things and it rolled into this whole conversation. She is on the board of like me that Wanda is in control of things. No matter how it started at this moment, Wanda's in control, but she likes the show. I've been enjoying it so far. It was a little too short. If they had to string two episodes together, I would have liked this episode and another one just because it was so short. Uh, last week's was you take the two together and it was more than an hour so it would have been nice no it was like 45 minutes 40 so so it's a half an hour sitcom show okay well well i'm excited to see next week it's going to be a few days before friday here so just can't wait and we don't have a title yet but it's going to be episode four of season one wandavision next week if you want to provide us with feedback we make sure we talk about it on the show just like we are right now.
We have a great audience. We have a great audience, Michelle, because they give us feedback on new episodes. And we had both an email and an audio feedback. I'm going to opt for the audio feedback first, unless you have some sort of contrary opinion. Nope. And she's shaking her head no. So we're going to go ahead and play some great feedback from our long contributor and listener of the show and friend, Black Adam. Hey, agents. This is consultant Black Adam here with a theory I just came up with after watching episode three of WandaVision. I am starting to think that Westview might have originally been set up by S.W.O.R.D. as a prison for supervillains. This has happened before in the comics with S.H.I.E.L.D. setting up a small town called Pleasant Hill using fragments of a cosmic cube to uh, basically mind-wipe supervillains into thinking they were part of a just typical small town. Um, Then I'm guessing, assuming that that first theory is correct, uh, that they lost contact and asked Wanda to go in to investigate, thinking that her powers might uh, make her immune to the reality warping. Unfortunately, they didn't, and she started seeing Vision and uh, has since decided to stay. And that's why she, you know, had the no reaction when she saw the sword logo on the beekeeper in episode two and reacted to Geraldine slash Monica's necklace at the end of episode three and, uh, you know, kicked her out of the bubble. I know, kind of crazy theory, but probably not the craziest theory that's come up as a result of this series. Can't wait to hear what you guys think. Talk to you later. Bye. Michelle, did you read that Pleasant Hill series of comics that Black Adam was talking about? No, but this reminds me of Scarlet Witch flipping heroes and villains. She actually was a part of flipping, again, another reality thing that she can do. A lot of people... This is really a great way of introducing just how powerful Scarlet Witch is with her ability to warp reality and create her own universe. That is something that's interesting to where maybe Agnes and Herb are actually supposed to be guards of these. If Let's go with the train of Black Adam. And if it is some sort of prison for supervillains, the supervillains aren't being included. She's included people who maybe are the guards or the people running the program. And for some reason, the supervillains, maybe they're all asleep and she's just taken over in this weird way. It reminded me a lot of the Pleasant Hill version of the comics. I didn't talk about it last episode, but the one thing about the Pleasant Hill comic run was that there was this cube from outer space, this little sprite, so to speak that came in and they were able to harness that energy to create this alternate energy. Now with sword involved and with the possibility of aim involved, I wouldn't throw it out of the realm of the plausibility that there is some external 
outer space force that's been used to create this rather than Wanda. But as you just said, Wanda has full control of all of the powers of the stones that were in the infinity gauntlet. And she definitely could be manipulating things as things go forward. Black Adam, you bring up some great points. Thank you very much for the voicemail. We look forward to your thoughts as we roll into the future. There was also another email from 084 and 084 said, I don't know how many thoughts I even have after watching episode three. Wanda continuously trying to plug little leaks in her dream life was both incredibly fun and frustrating in the best way. We finally get Billy and Tommy, although it remains to be seen if these are the kids that eventually join the young adventures or if they have to be reincarnated like in the source material. When, quote, Geraldine, unquote, makes the biggest leak yet, we finally get a good look at the outside world and some amazingly modern special effects. And I'm excited to explore more of that character and get a glimpse at Sword. Very, very excited to see how this keeps unraveling. Oh, and if you're complaining about the pacing of this show, you're watching it wrong. Don't know what else to tell you. I leave social media alone before I watch a new episode, but I almost want to leave it alone after, too, because at this point, I think people are nitpicking for the sake of nitpicking, and it kind of sucks. Until next time, 084. First of all, he brings up a great point of, of the view of the outside world. It was in 16.9 versus the 4x3 that was inside. So you see that change as you go away and you get a more modern look at things, including modern cars, a helicopter, and, and the modern buildings and that sort of thing. The other thing about the nitpicking and nitpicking kind of sucks, that's part of fandom these days. You're in the Marvel Universe, you're going to get people... That nitpick uh, Star Wars is the same way. I don't know of any IP out there that people aren't going to nitpick anymore. Michelle, I, d- I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it's an unfortunate part of our times. But it's also a great part of our times because the stories are more in-depth than they were in the 70s when these sitcoms were on, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, the Brady Bunch was basically the kids come home from school Jan complains about how much attention Marsha gets. The boys throwing footballs inside the house and breaking a vase. Alice, the housekeeper, perhaps sleeping in a closet, never really too sure where she slept. Yeah, there wasn't really a lot of depth to those shows. And yeah, we get a lot more complexity now. A lot about more character development. I think inherently you got some character development over the Brady Bunch because it ran for so many seasons, but that wasn't really typical of a show in the 70s. You didn't get great character development, as you were just saying with the soap operas sort of mentality where you get the rapid aging poor character development for the kid characters there too. I think 084, his feedback has been great both last week and this week, so I hope he continues to give us feedback again and uh thank you both and we look forward to getting all of your feedback in the future so michelle i was just thinking you know maybe we should make sure that we're in a good reality and dive into our tvs make sure that we're in a good reality on our way out of here sure okay We have a comment in our live chat. It was the Avengers standoff event, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comic that tied into it. That was that Pleasant Hill 
event and and i did read it and it is in my comics in the basement but uh, i haven't opened it in quite some time but thank you everybody for joining us tonight we really appreciate it and we look forward to getting your feedback as we roll into next week yeah thank you to everyone who listens and interacts with us on twitter and the discord the discord has been really interesting i would like to thank everyone in the discord for honoring the spoilers and following our rules about doing the spoiler tags during the week in between shows. So uh, we have a really good community. And if you do want to join and are worried about spoilers, don't be. We're doing really well in that regard. Yep. Using the spoiler tags, the, the two pipes followed by whatever you're talking about, and then two pipes afterwards that will black it out for anybody that doesn't want to see spoilers. So thank you very much for doing that. Uh, we will go through spoilers for the first week so to make sure everybody has a chance to catch up and then it's fair game. So right now, episode one and two are fair game, but episode three, as we're recording this anyway, is still spoiler. And hopefully we'll have Lauren back next week. Until next time, I'm producer of the show, SP. And I'm Agent Michelle. Bye. See everybody next time. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Oh, I want, I want, I want to talk about that. I, I want that topic. Yeah, sure. You can have okay. all the topics. <laughs> yeah, I just wonder how long Disney's just going to wait. For the theme parks or for movies? For movies. Yeah. Because no one's really talking about Black Widow anymore. It's May, right? The, the uh, proposed release date. Yeah, but I'm not going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, February, March, April. So that's three months they have to come up with an alternative plan. I wouldn't think that they'd be talking about it now anyway, because who knows what's going to happen in three months. One of these variants could come through and shut everything down, like almost permanently, you know? So I don't know. Yep. I don't know. Do you see the Space Force going away? I kind of see the Space Force going away. No, it's it. Well, you might think that on the on the surface, a lot of people don't realize how small the space force is to begin with. So you think of the space force as the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps is a sub of the Department of the Navy for a very specific purpose of uh, maritime ground control, like landing on beaches and that sort of stuff. That's what the Marines are good for: amphibious warfare. And they're a part of the Navy. You could roll them into the army but it's such a specialized warfare thing that we've always decided that they will continue to be part of the department of navy 
the uh, Space Force is similar in, in that it's a part of the Department of the Air Force, and it is a very specific area of, of functionality dealing with space and space control, of which none of the other services really prioritize, even the Air Force itself. Because if you talk to the Air Force, they want to put... <laughs> the Air Force has been, has been led by fighter pilots for decades. So their big thing is they want the next greatest jet fighter so they can fit a jock of a fighter pilot in it and go, oh, 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 speed, explosions, we're number one. That's exaggerated, but it's basically the truth. (laughs) Uh, So they've been prioritizing aircraft. Now, one of the things to make aircraft go is space. So they prioritize the space to enable air operations, just like the Navy would want space to enable naval operations but nobody's thinking in terms of space as its own domain and really needs to be thought of as such especially with the explosion that's going on right now with uh, commercialization of space as well as other countries getting involved in space at a level that they hadn't been involved in before so it's like the uk back in the day when they were going through colonization they really needed to protect the waterways in order to enable the trade and the security of the colonies. You can think of it in terms of that, where nations, not just the United States, but nations will uh, want to assure that they have whatever trade rights or um, access to space somehow. So no, I don't see the Space Force going away, but you'd be surprised at how small the Space Force really is, because it's not a big service. It's a fraction of what the coast guard is it's not that big oh okay so no i don't see it going away similarly nasa's artemis program i don't see the biden administration cutting it but i see it slow rolling so i don't think we'll be back at the moon in 2024 i don't think that the technology would have been available for us to do it then anyway so i think we're looking at more 2025 2026 for a return to the moon at the earliest at this point maybe closer to 27 or 28 depending on how much delayed the uh, space the sls the launch system is and the orion capsule which is the two components to artemis so that kind of equivalent the space force and the nasa's artemis program the i think uh, elon musk with spacex is and starship is going to uh, blow the socks off of just about anybody. I don't think anybody else has the capability, uh, the desire to take as much risk and uh, the desire to lose as much money as it takes to develop a uh, Mars colonization program. And I don't know where he thinks he's going to get the funding for a thousand starships, but that's what his plan is. I don't see it not happening. He's made everything else happen so far. Okay. Have you been watching The Expanse? <laughs> I was just going to get to that. No, I have not started it yet. <sighs> have you seen the whole season? Um, I'm up to date, yes. Okay. Oh, so it's dropping every week? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it's got to be close to halfway through now, right? Or Episode 8. Episode 8 just came out. Out of what, 13? I think. Yeah, it's a different feel this season but it's still good so game of thrones 
if it was done good. Because it cha- Game of Thrones changed as it went along. Yeah. Yeah, it's still so good. Okay. I can't wait. Looking forward to it. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2021.